I don't know the words. This is all staying in the show. Welcome back to another episode of Lyrics for Lunch, the show that just wants to have fun, but can't. Why can't we? Because the world is so disappointing. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Who are I'm you? Lindsay what is Tucker. this? Hello, this is the show that does the deep dives into the untold stories behind some of your favorite songs, some of your not so favorite songs. If there's a song and there's a story, we've got it. Yeah, and great. I'm joined today and every day by a V for Every day. <laughs> hello, hello, listeners. You, this is the first time that you're hearing us on a Tuesday. If you've on, a Tuesday. on a t- Tuesday before, I don't know. Is that a song? You just make it coming up. up on a Tuesday. That's a song. Mm. I might have the tune a little wrong, but you know that song. Okay. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about this week, Lindsay? This week we're talking about Cindy Lauper and girls just want to have fun. Demental human rights. It's true. Girls just want to have fun. Parentheses. Demental human rights. Um, and we're, we'll actually talk a little bit about that. That that which you are referencing as well. Fun. Um, so real quick, busting myths right away. The song is "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Because I did some googling, and I was as I was researching this episode, and I was like, it's certainly wanna like. W A N N. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Right. It's not. It's I want wanna. to. I wanna. Girls just want to have fun. I want to really, 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 really have fun. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's in like a new room in her house and she's just like extra, extra salty today. <laughs> just extra. <laughs> just extra. So before we get started on the history, what is your experience with the song? I remember my dad had the record and oh. my sister and I would play it and dance around the living room because there wasn't a lot of records that he had that we were interested in. Sure. And and my stepmom had a few like show tunesy ones that we liked. Okay. And uh, Casey, my sister, might have liked Tom Jones from mm. last week, friend of the show. Friend but, of the show, um, Tom Jones. Yeah. I think so it was Pink. The okay. pink album li- cover. Yeah. Do you remember what it was called? The album? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Great. It was just the pink one. The pink one. <laughs> so we're going to start where I always start, which is Cindy Lauper was born in Brooklyn in 1953. Her parents were Marsha and Robert. Yeah. Well, so her father, Fred. <laughs> I, Lindsay always makes fun of me for this, but this is extremely relevant to the story. Okay, let's do it. We're doing the whole we're doing the whole Cindy Lauper story today. Uh, so Cindy Lauper was born in Brooklyn, nineteen fifty three. Her father Fred was of German and Swiss descent, and he was a direct descendant of Kristen Lauper, uh, who was the leader of a Swiss peasant war three hundred years before Cindy was born. Okay, was she like one of those twins that like ate the other twin in the womb? What? <laughs> Did she like absorb her other sibling? Well, what? No, what? 
I don't know. You're taking us so far back. I thought you had her whole history. Yeah, but that's not part of it. Oh, bummer. <laughs> she, okay. she does. She does have a sister. Her mom. Uh, her name is Katrine. Her mom was Italian, so like a lot of the like Stugatz Gabagool that comes from that that you like associate that I with like. The, oh. No, 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 no. That, <laughs> that you like associate with the way Cindy talks comes from her mother. Um, and she's got a younger brother, Fred Junior, nicknamed Butch. Butch. And she's got an older sister named Ellen. Ellen. Mm. Lopper's parents divorced when she was five or ten, depending on which source you read. I think five is the real number. And then her mom remarried and they moved to Queens. So this is from Nikki Swift, and the article is called The Tragic Real Life Story of Cindy Lopper. Cindy Lopper recounted in uh, a book called Inside the Hollywood Closet the time that she was nine and a nun attacked her after catch uh, after like catching her scratching her friend's back so she was in catholic school or church or something and she was she was nine she was scratching her friend's back and a nun quote a nun ran in ripped me off her back threw me against the lockers beat the shit out of me and called me a lesbian that's really mean it is really mean so am I getting the whiff that Cindy Lauper was a closeted lesbian? You are not, you are getting uh, that whiff, but I don't think that that's the case. Oh, okay. So maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> well, you said it was called Inside the Hollywood Closet, first yeah, of all. So, so, so fast forward to the end, Cindy is like an outspoken advocate for LGBTQ rights and is like an extreme ally, but is married to a man and has been married to a man for 30 years. Does not mean that she's not on a member of the LGBTQ community, but I don't think that she's like publicly out of any specific thing. Unfortunately, this is still Nikki Swift. The future pop icon wasn't treated much better by her classmates. Quote, this is a quote from uh, Cindy from the New York Times in 2008. When I was a kid, I dressed differently. So people threw rocks at me. What the shit? What was yep. she wearing? Throw rocks at me? Sign? What the? F- why? Why would you ask that? <laughs> like how bad? I cannot do you believe have to- <laughs> that Lindsay is the one on this podcast being like, "Well, what was she wearing?" <laughs> That's not how I meant it. Uh, I think she, so. She. I she can't was, think of a single outfit that would warrant rock throwing. Is what I I'm saying. I agree. I think that she was wearing something very similar to what she became very famous for wearing, which is like mismatched patterns and all kinds of like proto-punk Robin Sparkles. Yeah, Robin Sparkles-y things. Um, At the age of 12, she began writing songs and playing an acoustic guitar given to her by her sister Ellen. She expressed herself with a variety of hair colors, eccentric clothing, and eventually took friend's advice to spell her name C-Y-N-D-I rather than the traditional C-I-N-D-Y. What a rebel. What a rebel. (laughs) So her real name's Cynthia, which is, you know, the de- Cindy is the diminutive for Cynthia. Cindy left home at 17. This is from the Washington Post. It's easy to make the time Cindy Lauper struck out on her own sound dramatic. There was her hard scrabble childhood in Queens, her absent father, her stepfather who paid her much unwanted attention. Ugh, but not like yep, that. Yep. 
you're about to not like it even more. But Lopper already wrote the perfect sentence about her decision to leave home herself. It's the first sentence of the first chapter of her 2012 memoir. And the sentence is, I left home at 17. I took a paper bag with a toothbrush, a change of underwear, an apple, and a copy of Yoko Ono's book, Grapefruit. I, I don't think that was a fantastic opening line for a memoir. I know, but the, this, the Washington Post loves it. <laughs> I fell asleep. Yeah. In her memoir, she wrote about some of that unwanted sexual attention that she got from her stepfather that took place especially in the bathroom. Quote, I heard a creepy giggle and I saw my stepfather's pear-shaped shadow against the frosted glass. And this is her writing of the day that she saw her stepfather peeping in on Cindy in the tub. I even saw his crazy eye looking through the hole. It was too much. And Lopper left home the same day. Good for her. Yeah. This creepy guy giggled one time and I'm out of here. Well, sure. <laughs> but but this, this experience wouldn't uh, be the last time she had an experience like this. Mm. This is uh, also from her memoir. She said, my sis and I lived most of our lives dodging pedophiles. The fuck? So they, they, you know, she left home. She was often homeless or living on couches. Um, this is back to Nikki Swift's article. She went up to Canada and then Vermont. At one point, her boyfriend at the time shot a squirrel, which Cindy cooked and ate. Uh, she faced an unplanned pregnancy, which she wanted to keep, but her boyfriend did not. So she terminated the pregnancy. This is uh, her Cindy talked to the Huffington Post about this and she says no one wants to run in and do that it's just that I didn't want to have a kid that I love come into this world and not be able to share the kid with a dad Hmm. during this period she got around by hitchhiking um, putting her into close quarters with some potentially unsavory individuals such as the man who gave her a ride and forced her to perform an act on him Quote, Cindy, I just wanted to be able to live through it, get to the other side of it. And on another occasion, she was assaulted by a bandmate and two accomplices. So she she had a really tough, uh, tough 20s, late teens, early 20s. Sometimes it got overwhelming for Cindy. And this is her quote. A lot of times I couldn't take it anymore. So I would just lay in bed all the time. When I really couldn't deal with anything, I used to get the shakes and complete anxiety attacks. And this is, she's a teenager. Yeah, she's, I think, like 17, 18, 19, 20-ish, like around that time. In the early 70s, she performed as a vocalist with various bands, mostly cover bands. One of them was called Doc West, and they covered disco songs as well as like Janis Joplin songs. Then she moved on to a band called Flyer, which was uh, songs like Bad Company and Jefferson Airplane and Led Zeppelin. Um, And she was on stage and she was kind of supporting herself doing this, but she was super not happy singing covers. Okay. And, uh, And then in 1977... Uh, she damaged her vocal cords and she had to take an entire year off from singing. She was told by doctors that she would never sing again. What? Yes. We don't know um, how the damage occurred. She Screaming was, she was, into a yeah, pillow. she was just like, she had like a polyp on her vocal cord. She's like, okay. she, yeah. Um, but she eventually regained her voice with the help of a vocal coach named Katie Agresta. 
Wait, Around the so same she, she sang again? Yes. <laughs> Past 1977. <laughs> oh my God. In 1978, <laughs> she met a saxophone player named John Turi, and Turi and Lopper formed a band called Blue Angel. They recorded a demo tape that the manager of the Allman Brothers band heard, and he really liked Cindy Lopper's voice. He actually offered her to be like a solo artist. And she was like, no, I want to be with my band. Oh. Right? So Mazarski, the Allman Brothers, the Allman Brothers band's manager, bought Blue Angels demo for $5,000. Was that a lot of money? Uh, I think so. I mean, for Cindy, certainly. And this is in 1978 or 1977. So like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty big. He bought, he bought their contract and he became their manager. Okay. And eventually they signed to Polydor Records, which I don't think exists anymore. And they released an album in 1980 called Blue Angel. And their first song, their first single off of it was called I Had a Love. I Had a Love. Yep. You've heard it before. So this is Blue Angel singing I Had a Love. So this is kind of just like a, a a be my baby rip, especially the drums. I'm not gonna say I haven't heard it before. I definitely have never heard this before. I'm definitely gonna hear it again later. Yeah, you like it? Yeah. <laughs> So, Cindy hated the album cover. Hated it, it. Hated it. She said it made her look like Big Bird. What? I gotta, yeah, I I gotta look at it. It was, on the, it was on the video. I know. I'm looking at it right now. She does not look like Big Bird. I agree. Um, but Rolling Stone later included it as one of the 100 best new wave album covers of all time. Their list. Covers? Yeah, yeah. Like the album covers. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's yeah. pretty cool. I think it's cool. I like it. Um, critics really liked the album, too, but it sold poorly. Uh, Cindy often joked, it went lead. What What does that mean? Like, instead of going gold or silver, it went lead. Oh. Eventually, the band broke up, and the members uh, of the Blue Angels had a falling out with Mazarski, their manager, and fired him. And then he later filed an $80,000 lawsuit against them, which forced Cindy into bankruptcy. What the shit? I know. Fuck that guy. This is the same guy that paid the $5,000? hmm It's rude. Yeah. It is extremely rude. <laughs> so after Blue Angel broke up, Cindy spent some time due to her financial problems working in retail stores, waitressing at IHOP, which she quit after being demoted to hostess when the manager sexually harassed her. She was singing in local clubs. Her most frequent gigs were at a place called El Sombrero. And most critics who saw Cindy perform with Blue Angel believed that she had star power, star potential uh, because she had a four-octave singing range. Mm-hmm. 
But in 1981, while singing it in uh, a local New York bar, Cindy met this dude, David Wolf, W-O-L-F-F, Wolf. And they began a relationship, and he also took over as her manager and had her sign a recording deal with Portrait Records, which is a subsidiary of Epic Records. So he was like a good connect for her. Okay. Now she's a solo artist. She's looking to make her first record, and the record would eventually be called She's So Unusual. She's so unusual. Yep, that's the song. (laughs) So she co-wrote four songs on She's So Unusual, including the hits Time After Time and Shebop. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Shebop, shebop. Yeah, nailed it. (laughs) And on the songs she didn't write, she sometimes changed the lyrics. Like from the... What songs didn't she write? Oh, oh, oh. Like someone wrote them for her. They weren't covers. Yeah, she co-wrote... Because she hates covers. She doesn't... She did hate doing covers, but there are actually a bunch of covers on She's So Unusual. Including our song of the week. This is a cover? Yes. I didn't know this. Welcome to the jungle, baby. So let's take a listen to our song of the week. (laughs) Girls Just Want to Have Fun by the great Cindy Lauper. Let's do it. So what are you looking at right now? A lady is cracking eggs and looking at her watch. And then she just rolls her eyes. (laughs) <laughs> and then we have Cindy dancing down the street. People are throwing rocks at her because her outfit's so weird. So weird. It's like the singing on the rain street. So she's sporting this like kind of orange mullet. It's like punk rock Molly Ringwald. Yeah, punk rock Molly Ringwald. So her fa- so now she's putting her father in, in like an arm bar, right? And his outfit is very special. This the actor? His outfit. Oh, his outfit. Yeah, it's very like special. a white white tank top. Yeah, it's like, have you seen the video for um, Papa Don't Preach, Madonna? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the same dad. So it's it's funny that you bring up Madonna because there was like kind of an invented rivalry between Cindy and Madonna, and they didn't even like know each other. Oh, of course. It was because like we a have to pit error. women against each other. Yeah, I don't think that that's uniquely women because they did that to like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC too. But like, we love doing it to women. Yeah.
Bonehead. They're walking like an Egyptian. Someone's trying to propose to her. Mom and dad are staring through the keyhole. So she's saying when the working day is done. Yes. When but I never knew that. You want to do a dramatic reading of the lyrics? Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was what in the world can make them stop. That's not Clearly. Okay. I come home in the morning light. My mother says, when are you going to live your life right? Oh, mama dear. We're not the fortunate ones. And girls, they want to have fun. Oh, girls, they want to have fun. The phone rings in the middle of the night. My father yells, what? you gonna do with your life daddy dear you know you're still number one but girls they want to have fun oh girls they want to have that's all they really want some fun it's it's literally the line that you were talking about (laughs) when the working day is done girls just want to have fun some boys take a beautiful girl and hide her away from the rest of the world I want to be the one to walk in the sun. Oh, girls, they want to have fun. And that's ba- then they just repeat it until the end. So, this is from Yahoo News. On September 6, 1983, a quirky little redhead with a big voice named a big big voice named Cindy Lauper became an instant MTV icon when she released Girls Just Want to Have Fun, a feminist anthem for the new wave age. But interestingly, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was originally was written and originally recorded as a demo in 1979 by a male punk new wave artist named Robert Hazard. And he performed it from the point of view of a girl crazy bad boy. A girl when, crazy bad boy. Okay. All yeah. Right. I don't want to do anything because girls just want to have fun. When Lopper remade it with some lyrical changes that had Hazard's blessing, the song took on new meaning and then it really took off. So we can listen to the original version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I do. I, I I prefer the instrumentation to this because I like am more of kind of a pop guy. Message aside, I prefer this version. And um, what is the message? Well, I'll read you the Thank you. 
So real quick, the Robert Hazard version has slightly different lyrics, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. You want to start us off? The phone rings in the middle of the night. My father says, boy, what do you want from your life? Father, dear, you are the fortunate one. Girls just want to have fun. Yeah, girls just want to have fun. Come home with the morning light. My mother says, boy, you've got to start living right. Don't worry, mother, dear. You're still number one. Girls just want to have fun. These girls just want to have fun. That's all they really want. Some fun. When the working day is done, girls just want to have fun. Yeah, some guys take a beautiful girl. They try to hide her away from the rest of the world. All my girls have got to walk in the sun because girls just want to have fun. And then there's this like bridge part that's not in the original song, which is, I know your love for him is deep as day is long i know you'd never be the thing to do him wrong but when i knock on the door i'm close now you could come because it's really wasn't it really wasn't important because girls just want to have fun what you said that's not in the original song did you mean the cindy song oh yeah yeah i'm sorry i referred to cindy's as the original uh yeah it's not in the cindy version it got cut out robert hazard was about five years older than sydney Cindy, he is the was the son of an opera singer. He's from Philadelphia, Go Eagles. And Cindy changed the original lyrics because she found them misogynistic. Mm-hmm. So she wrote she rewrote the song as an anthem for young women. This is uh this is her on f- that Finding Your Roots show. You know the show where Henry Louis Gates Jr. gets to tell you whether your grandparents own slaves or whatnot? Yes. So so she was on this show. And this is what she had to say about the original version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. So he comes with Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I said, what am I supposed to do? Like have a lobotomy, walk around in the can-can and go, yeah? <laughs> well, because a guy wrote it originally. And what it was about was a guy's version of, well, what do you think? Girls right. just want to have fun. Ain't we lucky? <laughs> nudge, nudge. Right? Right. So... I was like, yeah, girls just want to have sex. Is that what the hell this is? Right. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. I said, well, this is wrong and this. He said, so change it. And so I began to cut this out, cut that out. This needs a melody here. Make this change. Bring this together. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, mama dear, we're not the fortunate ones. Right. Because girls want to have fun. Right. Yeah. And we can't ever. Right. And all of a sudden... It had this new life of its own. It did. And we all looked at each other and said, That's it. Hello. So, as she mentioned in this piece, she didn't want to do this song. 
right? Someone brought her, it to her. Someone brought it to the producer, brought it to her, and was like, "Hey, you want to do a version of this?" And she's like, "This is fucking stupid." And she rewrote the song to make it about young women and women's empowerment. Um, this show, by the way, is how we know that 300 years before she was born, Sydney's hundredth great grandfather or whatever was part of the Swiss Rebellion. Oh. Right, she found out on this show. Okay. And also during this interview, she said, after discovering the history of her of her great 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 whatever grandfather, she said, "I know I'm always fighting the man, and now I know where it comes from." <laughs> That's cute. So uh, this is from the Washington Post. This is uh, Cin- Cindy's quote. So when you ask me if I knew, I can't do the voice. So when you ask me, uh, so when you ask me if I knew that girls just want to have fun would be a hit, and I say I didn't want to do the song at first because I didn't think it was especially good for women, maybe you understand better why now. Hmm. Her manager, however, said that sung by a woman, the song would take on a whole new meaning, and Cindy came around. Her manager, who was also her boyfriend. I said to myself, hell yeah, I'll make it an anthem. Maybe it'll be something that will bring us together and wake us up. It would be a movement right under all the oppressors' noses, and no one would know about it until there was nothing they could do to stop it. Nothing. Nothing. This plan was accomplished with a few lyrical tweaks. Perhaps the most important, according to the Washington Post, were the lines that made the song about more than just doing the nasty. Some boys take a beautiful girl and hide her away from the rest of the world. I want to be the one to walk in the sun. Because girls just want to have fun. Cindy said it was very blatantly feminist. It doesn't mean that girls just want to fuck. It means that <laughs> girls just want to have the same damn experience that any man could have. Yeah. So uh, Cindy was inspired by another song to create the uniqueish sound of girls just want to have fun. What song it, was it? It was Come On Eileen. I don't know the words. This is all staying in the show. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is Cindy on the creation of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. What you hear on Girls. It was a little bit of the music that I grew up with, Motown. Also in Come On Eileen used Motown riff, and that was my favorite song. I mean, whenever I felt low, I would go to my apartment and play that song, or I would play The Clash. Music at that point was unbelievable for me. It was it was so uplifting. I wanted to make music that was uplifting, so I asked Rob to play what he loved, and make it reggae. I asked Eric to play Motown riff. They were kind of stunned because when I went in, I was kind of like a bull in a china closet. I wouldn't do certain things. I wanted it like this because I figured if this is my shot, it's going to be my shot. And I knew I was right about certain things, so I wouldn't let up. So this Come On Eileen thing is for real. This is from Song Facts. Uh, One day, Cindy and her band were in the studio talking about Come On Eileen, which was a big hit in the summer of 83 when they were recording the album. And Cindy suggested that they try it in that style. They programmed a drum machine 
to have the same kick and snare pattern as Come On Eileen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric Bazilian, who is a guitarist, the guitarist on the song, he said he turned down the tempo knob on the drum machine and clicked on, started like playing the guitar riff. He said this in his book, Skaboom. I thought that he said Skaboom, but this is, <laughs> his book is called Skaboom. Um, Cindy started singing, and that was it, right? So they all just embraced this this come on Eileen thing. Great. This is from The Atlantic. Cindy described the early 80s as a difficult time for women to call themselves feminist, particularly in the press. Not for, not for her, though. Quote, I would say, yeah, I'm a feminist. I burnt my training bra at the first demonstration. You got a problem with that? <laughs> I fucking love it. I got that. rocks in my purse. Yeah, literally <laughs> like so someone some nun called her a lesbian once and she's just like burn it all down. <laughs> Equality among women was just as important to this is still the Atlantic. Equality among women was just as important to Lopper as equality between men and women. The song's music video was widely noted as one of the first music videos ever to feature women of multiple races. Wow. Remember that music videos started kind of in earnest in like a year or two before this. So it wasn't like we had a ton of music videos, but still fucking wow. Yeah, true. When did like a prayer? After this come out this is how well we remember the <laughs> the, the shows we do yeah like, like yeah, a my prayer favorite was, song <laughs> like a prayer was 89 okay so significant amount of time after this okay the song's music video is widely noted as one of the first to ha- feature women of multiple races this is cindy's quote the one thing i really wanted was to have multiracial girls so that every little girl could actually see herself in it and it would be kind of contagious that everyone was entitled no matter what race or color or anything you were entitled to this joyful experience i mean it's it should be that way but no one was thinking like that it's like incredible how for how forward thinking she was yeah remember when i was when i always say like don't have heroes that does not apply to cindy lopper there's right. no there's no other shoe that's going to drop. She just Thank remains God. awesome forever. Amazing. Thank God. In an interview with Frank Buckley of KTLA 5, Cindy revealed that her hit song was actually not considered to be top 40 material. She was yeah. told in the in a letter from the head of programming from uh a rec- the record label that Girls Just Want to Have Fun is not an album-oriented song. It'll never make it. It certainly isn't top 40 material. The letter also stated that Lopper sang way too high, although this was intentional, as Lopper explained that she wrote it in a key where her voice would sound like a trumpet because you were trumpeting in an idea. I love this. Yeah. So I want to talk about her voice in this. This yeah. is why I was like holding my the quality of the song conversation. Okay. All right. She fucking kills this yeah like the fact that someone's like this is too high for you is incorrect it's not her voice is incredible she also has a really good um she sings on like a hedwig and the angry inch collaboration album oh she um, does called wig in a box and she sings my favorite song from the record which is called midnight radio and she like destroys it she is so good so don't ever don't ever 
come for Cindy like that. So the result was a song and a video that caught the attention of the mainstream by defying it. For a minute, quote, Cindy, for a minute, I made it popular to be the odd guy out. All of a sudden, the straight guy was the odd guy out just for a minute. And to me, that was justice. Fuck yeah. So She's So Unusual included five covers. There was a Prince song, a song by a band called The Brains. Um, but this album made Cyndi Lauper the first, female, the first female artist to have four consecutive Billboard Hot 100 top five hits from one album. Wow. What were those hits? I will tell you. Uh, the album itself stayed in the top 200 charts for more than 65 weeks and has sold 16 million copies worldwide. 16 million? 16 million. Yeah. It went six times platinum just in the United States. Wow. So the singles were Girls Just Want to Have Fun, Time After Time, Shebop, and All Through the Night. I don't know if I know Shebop and All Through the Night, do I? Shebop is the so many lyrics for lunch. Shebop got her into some hot water because the I think it's like the parents council or someone was like it's about masturbation she's like yeah so what <laughs> yeah it is you yeah got a problem? so what she talks like janine from the ghostbusters we got one so cindy won best new artist at the 1985 grammy awards she's so unusual also received nominations for album of the year record of the year best female pop vocal performance for girls just want to have fun and song of the year actually for time after time that was a good one. Yeah. The songs, this whole record is is fire. She wore almost a pound of necklaces at the award ceremony. Whoa. It also won the Grammy for best album package, but that went to the art director. I didn't so, even know that that was Do we great. still have that? <laughs> what, best album package? I yeah. don't think so. I don't think that's a thing. Well, we don't buy physical media anymore. And the video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun won the inaugural award for Best Female Video at the 1984 MTV Video Music Awards. Best Female Video? Yeah. Is it always I don't know. split I don't like think that? that they do that anymore. I hope not. But this, is, this ha- has kind of an asterisk with it because the guy who directed the video also produced the awards. Okay. Yep. I sure. mean, I mean, the video is great. Don't get me wrong. And the song rules. But like, okay. Come on. <laughs> this is from The Atlantic. In 1984, John Rockwell, the New York Times music critic, wrote that the song was a giddily upbeat attestation to female pleasure that simultaneously made a feminist statement and fulfilled male fantasies, and especially in the often played video version, evoked the warmth of family and friends. Fulfilled male fantasies? Dude. Did we really need that? <laughs> I mean, John Rockwell, the New York Times music critic, said so. I'm sure that was exactly what she was going for. Uh Uh-huh. Because she literally said the exact opposite. (laughs) And when Cindy went on Letterman for the first time, David Letterman seemed like he didn't quite know what to do with her. (laughs) But between bouts of banter, she slipped in the idea of women's empowerment into the interview talking about the experience of posing as a geisha in a Japanese restaurant. What? Which is one of her odd jobs. She did that? Yes. I have mixed feelings. Well, listen, I don't think that she, I don't think it was her idea. True. (laughs) Girls gotta eat. But we're gonna watch a couple of clips from this Letterman interview and I wanna, uh, 
I want to talk about a, se- several things. So we're going to watch. Okay. A, this is the first clip. Nice to see you, Cindy. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Oh, good. Congratulations uh, on the success of your record. You must be pretty happy about that, huh? Oh, very happy. Yeah. Now, we saw a little bit of... Uh... I can watch TV. <laughs> I like TV. Where's the thing? Where's what thing? The little thing that comes up. We don't have a thing that comes up. Oh, I'm so- oh sorry. Well, well that, we only do that at parties. Oh. <laughs> um... Now, Cindy, we saw your uh, your video, which is terrific, by the way. Me? No, that's not for you. Oh. I'm, I'm just gesturing. And uh, you, there's people in there playing your uh, parents. Yes. Now, who who plays your mother in your video? My mother. Uh-huh. <laughs> was, th- was this her debut for acting or performing? Well, yes, it was. I think she's a, a real talent, and I think she's a natural, and I'm a stage daughter. Uh-huh. So I you don't know. pushed her right in. <laughs> yeah. Now, and no. plus, it was the right price. Um, so this is weird. Like the way she's talking is very strange, very weird. And she's like, kind of like looking around aloof. Like, is she high? I th- I th- so we're gonna watch another clip. But first, I wanna I wanna mention I- I'm kind of doing the TLDR. So this is an incredible interview, and she talks about her mom is the mom in the video, but her dad is this dude named Captain Lou Albano. Do you know who Captain Lou Albano was? No, of course not. He was a wrestling promoter. What? So he so he was a wrestler and wrestling promoter, which is why she puts him in an arm bar. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he she claims in this interview that he is her personal advisor, and he has what is called the PEG principle, which st- which stands for politeness, etiquette, and grooming. And every rock star should follow the peg principle <laughs> of politeness, etiquette, and grooming. Oh. She's on a total, total fucking other level. And also, we're going to watch another clip from this Letterman video, Letterman interview, but also this night, Letterman was doing some sort of like Mr. February contest with his audience where they would like pick random people on the street and like dub them Mr. February. So they're going to talk about that uh, in okay. this next clip. Is it true that uh, you worked for a while as a as a as a geisha girl? Yeah, I did. I did. I was. Um, that was when I was really wanted to hide a little bit. Um, it was in between uh, the old band and what I was doing now. The old band was Blue, Blue Angel, Angel yeah. right? And um, we had a lot of trouble. A lot of um, you know, it happens to a lot of new bands. That you uh, you always have bad business around you. And but it, this was before you met the captain, of course. Yes, yeah. and before I made met. Uh, before I met Dave Wolf, my manager, and he really helped me and Lenny Pizzi, and uh, the whole company that I'm with now. Now, but when you were working as a geisha, did you did you look and dress like you are now? I tell you, yes, I. They let me. They uh-huh. let me uh, dress the way I was, and they let me be myself. And the great thing is, you know, the Japanese community is a very closed community. But um, you're talking about here in New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, mostly everywhere. It's the language. There's language barrier. So when um. Oh really? What do they, what do they speak? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, Cindy. Uh, we... No, it's, I think it's Japanese. Of course it is. I think it's Japanese. What? Yeah, but but like she talks about something real, 
and she's like talking like a normal person. And then the moment that Letterman breaks the seriousness of the discussion, which like is his job, he's a late night comedy show host, like I get it. She like puts on that baby voice again, which is really interesting. It's weird. Yeah, I like like it's I like think Paris that Hilton? She, she's like yeah, I think that she's doing like a Paris Hilton thing, or Paris like Hilton a was trauma doing mask, that. or a trauma mask, or like she's taking the piss maybe, right? Because she, because her response to him is like she she doesn't let herself be the dumb one, um, and then when they uh, are talking about Mister February. Cindy keeps asking whether they're going to be in bikinis, but it's a, it's a, it's a beauty pageant. They should be in bikinis. Like she like, won't let it go that these men should be dressing in bikinis. No one really picked up on it, but it's like an interesting jab at feminism, right? Cause all the ladies in beauty pageants wear bikinis. This, this record made Cindy a massive star in 1984 and 1985. She appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone time Newsweek twice on the cover of people and she was named ms magazine's woman of the year in 1985 how old was she she was 32 still 30 32 32 yeah so Ms. magazine she also appeared with professional wrestler hulk hogan who played her bodyguard and she would later make many appearances as herself in a number of wwf world wrestling federation events oh my god that's hilarious i can totally see her in there you totally will see her in there (laughs) so this led me to ask myself what the fuck is the deal with cindy and pro wrestling she loves it she loves it because of lou no of dave wolf her manager slash boyfriend he was a massive wrestling fan as a child and engineered something called the Rock and Wrestling Connection, which is where rock stars would appear in World Wrestling Federation videos and events and stuff like that. Because WWF was not like a big pop cultural thing at that point. And it Wolf, wasn't. No, it wasn't. Wolf played an integral Because when we were role. kids, it was. Yes, because of Cyndi Lauper. Really? Wolf played an integral role in the de- in the development of something called the Wrestling Album. The Wrestling Album was a 1985 release by Epic Records that was like the soundtrack to the WWF. Uh, by the way, WWF eventually changed their name to WWE in like a fun lawsuit um, situation because the world of the World Wildlife Federation. Yes, but the 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 story goes that WWF had the trademark first and like did like the whole like we're gonna take you to court brother to the world wildlife federation and then just change their name like they they were like very wwf about it (laughs) um but david wolf played an integral role in the development of the wrestling album which was the soundtrack to a lot of the wwf wrestlers um and cindy actually does the backing vocals for hulk hogan's theme real american Real American. Would you like to watch? Yeah, of course. The, the Hulk Hogan music video for Real American. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I am a real American. 
This is Hulk Hogan's song? So this is not Hulk Hogan singing, but it's Hulk Hogan's like walkout music. Yeah. The singer is this guy, Rick Derringer. Oh, there he is. There he is, the Hulkster. Whoa. So the meme... This is like you got to fight for your right to party. Kind of, but that there's no rap in this. It's just real America. It's like it's like a Rocky Eight. Yeah. But uh, the meme of Hulk Hogan playing the guitar in the like green screen background, I think, is from this. And we're supposed to be hearing Cindy. She is. She's in the background. Yeah. I don't. Okay. You okay? This is just highly disturbing. Well, the juxtaposition of of American heroes and then Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So Cynthia and Hulk Hogan were really close for a while, and he—I don't know what their relationship is like now because he like turned out to be a real shit. Ah. Why does everyone have to turn out to be real shit? Oh, yeah. He's like on tape saying the N-word and stuff. It's pretty <gasps> bad. Oh, God. Yeah. He's he's not not a great dude. So she told him to... I don't know. I don't... I don't. I mean, they haven't been photographed together in 30 years, but I don't know. I don't know what the relationship is like. Lenny Petza, who produced the wrestling album, also produced She's Unusual. She like mentions him in that Letterman interview. Mm-hmm. And Cindy was even part of the World Wrestling Federation's world title scene as the sidekick of a wrestler named Wendy Richter. So this is what happened. In in February of 1985, there was a a you know how they like title these these things like the Thrilla in Manila or whatever. So this was called The War to Settle the Score. Oh god. And it was a double bill, Leilani Kai defeated Wendy Richter and Cindy Lauper to win the WWF women's title. And Rowdy Roddy Piper fought Hulk Hogan to to do the, the men's title and Hulk won. So this is a little bit of like patter from the war to settle the score. Okay. Are you kidding me, man? We're supposed to be in a ring where we're supposed to fight, and you're going in there bringing rock and roll in all disgust bag. I'm Cindy. I'm just sitting there. I'm talking to Cindy Lauper. I'm going over there. Hello, darling. No, I won't have a date with you. I'm sorry what? you have beer on your breath. And she's going to sit there and grab my leg. She's going to sit there and lay down and grab my leg. 104 pounds. Me, who's beat everybody in the world, and expects me to sit there and do nothing about her. So I kick her 12 yards across the field. She's a woman. She's a woman in the like ring. A woman, I'll tell you something. If you slap me, I'll knock you out. Okay, so here's the deal. The, <laughs> the, the story of the ba- the war to settle the score was that Rowdy Roddy Piper was like a heel of, of bad guy in wrestling, and he was seen hitting on Cindy Lauper and hitting Cindy Lauper, and Hulk, who is like the face, the good guy for some reason, Hulk wanted to defend her honor. And so the war was settled, to settle the score was uh, included both a men's and women's match to fight for Cindy's honor, which Roddy Piper had besmirched. <laughs> and Leilani Kai defeated Wendy, Richter, and Cindy, but Hulk beat 
Rowdy Roddy Piper to like set the record straight. And this was broadcast on MTV. <laughs> oh my god. With but he's lo- saying that she touched him. Yes. So so he so like for for people who aren't like wrestling I'm not a wrestling person either, but I've seen Rowdy Roddy Piper and things. And this is like his deal is like he just like it just yells, makes a bunch of shit up, and his thing was like, ah, I she hit on me. I didn't want to have a date with her because I'm so handsome, so I kicked her across the the th- which clearly did. I mean, like she was in on this whole thing, right? 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 I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure, sure how we ever knew didn't know that wrestling was fake, right? Like how? Well, we were kids. That's not our fault. That's true. But here's an ad that MTV did in conjunction with WWF for the war to settle the score. Okay. Or it's uh it's not an ad. It's Entertainment Tonight's segment on the war to settle the score, but we sh- they they show the MTV ad. MTV saw a connection and last night staged a grudge match between Hulk Hogan defending the honor of rock music and Rowdy Roddy Piper in the anti-rock and roll corner. We have got action. The future of professional wrestling is me. The future of rock and roll is down the toilet. Hulk and the Cody following him right in. What? Well, the rock and wrestling connection, our reputation's at stake. Oh, Roddy, you better watch out. The Hulk is going to be on you like ugly on an eight. Why we wasn't that in our Little Richard episode? know that you're alive. You are the worst thing that could have ever happened Jeez. to the kids in the United States of America. So much action, so quick. Wow, we went for another comic drop. And... I'm going to stand up for my friend because I do what I believe in no matter what. As a result of a disqualification. There's Mr. T. Hulk Hogan. Such a subtle bunch. If you've caught your breath, we're going to take you from the head-banging wrestlers to cocktail sipping with the Muppet crowd. Oh, Kermy. Cocktail sipping with the Muppet crowd. <laughs> oh, rough. So in 2019, as a part of her induction into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, the WWE made this video explaining that they wouldn't be anywhere without Cindy. <laughs> We'd be nothing without her. She's in the Hall of Fame. That's hilarious. 1985, and when you're talking about pop culture, you think of Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper, who was red hot at the time. She was pop culture. She was it. Cindy Lauper is the reason that WWE uh, came to the mainstream. Cindy Lauper came in and she was a huge MTV star, bringing new fans who were just like, man, I want to see what Cindy Lauper's doing with all these wrestlers. Blue Alpano brought Cindy Lauper to the table. They did this video to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and all of a sudden with the Rock and Wrestling Connection, here we go, Main Street. The Rock and Wrestling Connection! Cindy Lauper was the perfect fit. The fact that uh, she actually came and was a part of WWE was amazing. Specifically, she's credited for starting, like, the for, like, bringing a lot of women into the into becoming, like, fans of wrestling, right? Because it mm. was very much a, a guy's thing. It's, I mean, it still was, but, you know. Girls Just Want to Have Fun was released in late 83, but most of its success on the charts came in the first half of 84. So it's, like, 
right around this time that she's doing all this wrestling stuff. Um, and the single is just climbing the charts. It reached number. It reached the top ten in in twenty five countries. Reached number one in ten countries, including Australia, Brazil, Canada, Ireland, Japan, New Zealand, and Norway. It went platinum in the U.S., U.K., Italy, Denmark. Two times, two times platinum in Canada. Th- Canada three times p- platinum in Brazil. Damn. Damn. Um, as I mentioned, she was the first woman to ever have four consecutive singles on the Billboard Hot 100. There were all in all six singles from the record. She's so unusual. Girls just want to have fun. Time after time, she bop all through the night. Money changes everything. And when you were mine. And this spanned from the kind of the middle of 1983 to the beginning of 1985. So this thing had a super long tail. Wow. Yeah. Also in 1985. Not to be outdone with the WWF stuff, she particip- Cindy participated in the U.S. for Africa's famine relief fundraising single, We Are the World. No. Yes. That's like a stain on everyone's record. Well, she hated the song. She did. Yeah. In an interview on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, Cindy revealed that she had told her manager slash boyfriend that she did not like the song. <laughs> but she had to do it because it was one of the biggest fundraisers of the 80s and it was meant to raise awareness about the victims of famine that were hap- that Africa was facing at the time which like we see also our episode yeah the weird but, world episode uh the supergroup had 46 vocalists they're called USA for Africa put together by Quincy Jones featured Michael Jackson Lionel Richie Bruce Springsteen Tina Turner Ray Charles and Cindy Lauper, but she caused an issue in recording because her jewelry kept whacking the microphone. <laughs> she said at the time, it's catchy, and I was honored to freaking sing it. To freaking sing it. Yeah. But she just said she didn't like it, but now it's catchy. Well, she, she said to Rolling Stone. Oh. I think I think uh, her telling her manager that she didn't like it was quite a bit after that. Um, also, also in 1985, a movie with the same name as Cindy's hit song was released in theaters. Girls just want to have fun. Yes, have you ever seen Girls Just Want to Have Fun? Who's in it? Sarah Jessica Parker. What? Yeah. SJP. Yeah. Here's the here's the trailer for Girls oh, Just yeah, Want to Have Fun. See this. The girls of Holy Grace have a reputation to uphold. Helen Hunt? Yep. This came out the year we were born. How do I not know of this is existence? Because it was savaged. Deal. We made a deal when I was seven and a half nightlife with the Muppet Show. Sorry. I have got to watch this. This looks atrocious. In the best possible way. He's just. You know? I mean. Is he going to call you tomorrow? I think so. You are grounded. We're in this thing together, huh? We sure are. 
the moves, the music, the movie. Let's do it. Girls just want to have fun. The movie. The movie. Not so, to be confused with the song. So they do their best to confuse people with the song. It's it's not like that was a thing people said before Cindy made it a household phrase, right? It's not like uh, a, an old saying that girls just want to have fun. And the movie claims to be inspired by the song. Of course. So this is Janet Maslin's review from the New York Times. Review of the movie. Although supposedly... Inspired by the record, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. The movie doesn't even use Cindy Lauper's own version of the song. The trailer did. No, didn't it, it didn't. It That's didn't? performed by Deborah Golly. Who does? Though, though the movie doesn't go to undue lengths to emphasize that point. So let's listen to Deborah Golly's version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun for the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Was this like a money thing? I'm sure it was. I can't, I can't really find any info on it, but like the only reason would be that it's a money thing. So if you ever doubt Cindy's vocal power, just listen to this version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun. She's even going to sing the rest? Yeah. Oof. Not, not great. I mean, it's it's on pitch. It just does not have the same thing. And it's easy to kind of take... Cindy's version for granted because she makes the performance look so easy, but this this version is rough. Yeah, it's very flat. Yeah, so odds are, as you mentioned, they had to do a cover version because they couldn't afford to license the actual version of the song, and it's entirely possible that Epic Records, Cindy's record company, put the screws to the producer of the film, knowing the title of the film and sensing the desperation of having the real version of the song in the film. I'm just kind of <laughs> speculating, though. Sure. Uh, back to Janet Maslin of the New York Times. The film simply turns the title into an excuse for standard high school antics revolving around the exceptionally, even by current standards, bubble-headed question of whether the heroine, Janie, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, will win a dance contest and land a job on her favorite television show. Her father doesn't approve of dancing. Just no dancing. No dancing. But finally, <laughs> the sight of Janie doing somersaults in pink stretch pants is enough to change his mind. Janie's mother even gets misty-eyed as she watches her girl perform gym class choreography in the film's big dance contest scene. Did she win? Did she win it all? You gotta, you gotta watch the movie to find out. Oh, I will. Back to Nikki Swift. As the 80s wore on, Cindy continued to release big hits like True Colors, I Drove All Night, the latter of which reached number six. I Drove All Night to Get to You? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. So I Drove All Night reached number six in 1989, which was Lopper's last top 40 single. Um, After a long string of smashes, her career took a sudden, almost inexplicable nosedive. Why? We don't know. It's inexplicable. 
both She's So Unusual and True Colors were certified multi-platinum, but A Night to Remember, which is the record that I Drove All Night is on, was, according to the New York Times, lackluster. And shortly after that album was met with relative shrugs, there was a split with her boyfriend and manager, David Wolf. She found herself living alone in a New York hotel, emotionally drained, and she was considering suicide. What? Poor baby. Yeah, this is her quote. I had come so far, but felt like I had failed. I would go to the studio and then sit in my dark room and drink vodka. I had to spend most of my time alone. I was grieving. I thought the sadness would never go away. But it did? In an indirect way, it was Cindy's best-known song that encouraged her to try to crawl out of that low place. The only thing that always prevented me, this is Cindy, the only thing that always prevented me from suicide is that I never wanted a headline to read, girl who just want to have fun, just didn't. Wow. Fuck, dude. So the song saved her life. Kind of, in like a spiteful way. So she hasn't had a single in the Billboard Hot 100 since 1989. And then 1994 comes along and Cindy releases a compilation album called 12 Deadly Sins. Sins with a C, C C-Y-N-S. The album's called 12 Deadly Sins and then some. And really needing a hit, she re-recorded Girls Just Want to Have Fun. But this time... A reggae fusion version. She was mentioning reggae when she was talking about it earlier. So she mentioned that offhand. And I think I get the like, maybe the guitar lick is a little reggae. But let's take a listen to this one's called Hey Now, parentheses, girls just want to have fun. I don't know, man. Not, I'm not super into this. Yeah, she can still hit it. She can still, yeah. she still can sing. At first, I thought they just used the original vocal track, but then I could tell that she changed it a bit. She still got the pipes, and the nuns are back. And the nuns are back. There's a lot of nuns in this. And so for our audio-only listeners, it's like at a drag show. And Cindy is getting ready to like go on stage. Steve Balton from Cashbox. I don't know what Cashbox is, but it's like a periodical. It's a magazine. He noted that the reggae-flavored dance-oriented remake is be is given a big boost from its use in the film Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Have you seen really? this movie? Yeah, of course. So it's it's in the end of this movie, and I fucking love this movie. It's great. Yeah, really, really brilliant. Wesley film. Snipes, Oscar, Oscar worthy performance, right? So the the, the um, John Leguizamo. <laughs> let's not forget. Um, so the drag queen thing is part of that whole campaign. Uh, Steve Balton added, "Lopper still sounds in fine form on the very easygoing kickback track." particularly fun is the jamming guitar solo bridge in the middle of the single. We're jamming, we're jamming, we're jamming, we're jamming. 
We're yeah. jamming. Here it is, right? Wow. Um, James Masterson, who is a, a UK chart commentator, says the new version slows the track down to turn it into a far slinkier dance groove to quite inspired effect. Slinky. And Alan Jones from Music Week wrote, turning an old favorite into a dance groove unusually required a you unusually required to drop in tempo here, reducing it to a slinky shuffle. Well, people are the, saying slinky a lot. A lot. I know. This feels like press release. <laughs> yeah. The melody and Cindy's excellent vocals are still selling points. And the success of 12 Deadly Sins suggests that the timing could be right to make this a hit again. But was it? You know, it, it, it was back in the... It it was a hit, right? She did it did business. It didn't hit the top ten, but you know, I don't that's know, what man. we call a hit, folks. That's what we call a hit, folks. <laughs> um, and it's not just an opportunistic coincidence that the video for "Hey Now, Girls Just Want to Have Fun" features a bunch of drag performers. Cindy has long been an ally of the LGBTQ community, and her song "True Colors" was taken up as an anthem for equality. Nice. Yeah, she even started an organization called True Colors United to help promote awareness about the unique challenges that the LGBTQ youth face in society and how we can help them. So for those not in the know, gay teens, teens in the LGBTQ community face homelessness at like a like a staggeringly higher rate than um, cis teens. Quote Cindy, we've been doing this for years. We collaborate with different organizations. That's why we're called True Colors United. Um, she's passionate about helping the youth whom she feels are only homeless because they're LGBTQ. Quote, that's the only reason. As she shared on the True Colors United website, she states, we each have a personal responsibility to make sure LGBTQ youth are treated with dignity and respect. And... She speaks about her advocacy for the gay community uh, in the same kind of indignant, impassioned tone that she used to argue, that she used to argue for a feminist version of Girls Just Want to Have Fun from Robert Hazard. Quote, because I'm a friend and family member, okay? This is is what she said to Huffington Post. (laughs) Because I'm not going to stand by one of my best friends and watch them be discriminated against and have all their civil liberties stripped down or my sister or my cousin or whoever and just stand there and shut up. Yes. So some other... We're we're reaching the end here, but I wanted to uh, give some other Cyndi Lauper facts. Even though she and... Uh, David Wolf broke up around 1989. In 1991, she married actor David Thornton, who is in My Sister's Keeper and The Notebook, but I know him as Lionel Granger from Law & Order SVU. Who is he in The Notebook? John Hamilton, who's Joan Allen's wife in the... or Joan Allen's husband in the the movie. So I, I think it's her... Allie's dad? Allie's dad, yeah, I think so. And Little Richard officiated the ceremony, which fun. I did mention in our Little Richard episode. Fun, fun, fun. And, and they've been married ever since. They have a, a couple of kids. One of them is named Declan after Elvis Costello's real name, Declan, um, but like with extra Ys, of course. In two, 2012, Cindy's uncle George died in Hurricane Sandy at the age of 90. Okay. I was going to try to do something with like Hurricane Sandy versus Hurricane Cindy. Uh, I don't know. 
it's fine. I'm moving on. Wasn't there like some Hurricane Sandy like songs? There were, right? Because we we uh, we did the Adam Sandler Hurricane Sandy Hallelujah thing. Yeah, Sandy Screw Ya. <laughs> bad, very, very bad. bad, very very bad. And in 2013, Cindy won a Tony for her work in writing the music and lyrics to Kinky Boots, Kinky Boots the musical. She's the first solo woman to win that prize. Sweet. I didn't know she was involved with Kinky Boots. Me neither. And she called it a total accident because she claims she just didn't know what she was doing. What do you mean? I know That's what she said. She's just like, I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but didn't know what she was doing may be true. Not if you ask 80s one-hit wonder Benny Mardonis. Benny Mardones. Who's Benny? I'm going to tell you. So... Benny had a song called Into the Night. That was his one and only hit in the 80s. Can you please sing it to me? I'm going to play it for you. I'm not going to sing it to you. And according to Courthouse News Service, Benny Mardonis and his writing partner, Robert Tepper, filed filed a federal suit against Cyndi Lauper in 2017, alleging that she stole parts of that song, Into the Night, for the Kinky Boots song, raise you up and the plot so thickens. the plot thickens and so mardonis and tepper claim that both the notes and words surrounding the raise you up refrain was lifted from the pick you up section of into the night and the two songs have the exact same progression of tones and rhythm so we're going to listen to both of them and unlike the way i typically do it we're actually going to listen to cindy's version first okay So this is from the original Broadway cast recording of Pinky Boots. Got a good sense of it. Yeah. So I think that this is recorded so poorly, but the songwriting's fine. Okay. Okay. So this is the the Robert the what the fuck is his name Benny Mardonis version of what he says is was stolen. And if he's a one hit wonder, like, do you think she even knew who he was? Potentially. I mean, it was a hit in the eighties. Oh, it was a hit. Okay. Yeah, it was a hit yeah. in nineteen eighty. This is this is his hit. Oh, this is the hit. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes more sense. Oh, I know the song. Do you? Yeah. Well, maybe listen to the first line of the song. Ew. Oh my god, fucking perv. The eye roll is 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 incredible. 
Why? I would die. I'd pick you up. I had no idea this was a pedophile song. Ew! Look, he's singing directly <laughs> to this little girl. <laughs> Benny. Oh my god. Benny, 2017. So okay. So so I like so okay. Okay. There's two things happening. I do hear the similarities. I don't. I'm blinded by pedophilia. So so at, <laughs> at first I was blinded by the pedophilia. But I do hear similarities. Do I think it's like lawsuit worthy? I'm like very loose on this whole lawsuit thing as, as has been evidenced on this show. However, why if you're if you're Benny and it's been nearly 40 years since this song was a hit, times have changed. You got away with one, Benny. Right. Why would you then be like, hey, everybody, remember this song? Remember <laughs> Remember when I sang I like to a child when the first fucking line is, she's just 16 years old. Leave her leave alone. Leave her alone. And he's like, Ugh, they don't Hell know what no. love is. <laughs> and he like points down to his junk. I think he's been like, they're crazy. I don't know. Dude, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but like, Benny, I'm your lawyer now. Benny, shut the fuck up. Right. You got away with one. Leave her alone, Benny. But he didn't. But he didn't. Two years later, Benny, Robert Tepper, his co-writer, and Cindy Lauper settled the case out of court. They settled out of court. Yes. Even if... Great interview with Benny explaining the song. No. I'm sure it's not a good interview with Benny. <laughs> I'm saving this for later. Next week on Lyrics for Lunch. This fucking weirdo guy. <laughs> Even if that first one was a f- that first Tony was a fluke, Cindy won another Tony in 2018 for her work on the SpongeBob SquarePants musical. What? And she shares that with a bunch of co-writers, including Tom Kenny, who is the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. But my friend AK worked on that musical. She was the music assistant. So Robert Hazard, the original writer of girls just want to have fun continued releasing records every like five or six years or so until his death in 2008 from pancreatic cancer just 16 days before his 60th birthday and cindy lopper has sold over 50 million records worldwide fuck yeah the song charted on the hot 100 on three separate occasions following its initial entry in 1983 so 1983 it peaked at number two in the hot 100 and then Cindy remade it as Hey Now, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which peaked at number 87 in 1995. 16 years after that, the cast of Glee took their version to number 59. And finally, in 2015, the voice contestant Maddie Davis reached 98 with her cover, which was like ethereal, we mentioned this in our Jax episode, singing in cursive version. I was going to go out on that, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because the biggest marker of the success of Girls Just Want to Have Fun comes from our final song of the week. It was given the the greatest treatment a song could ever ask for. It was parodied by Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic in Girls Just Want to Have Lunch. Ooh, he's not wrong. 
Where can people find us on the internet, Lindsay? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. And for longer and weirder stuff, shoot us an email at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening to us on your podcatcher apps, check out our YouTube. We're at Podcasts on Vivo every Tuesday now. And if you're watching us on YouTube on Podcasts on Vivo, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rate and review, a thumbs up, tell all your friends, and tune in next week when we do this all again. All again. So until next time, I'm Aviva Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying. I just want lunch. Fact. I know how the woman satisfied when I went out my diner's car, their eyes did so wide. They're always in the mood for something to munch. Oh, girls, they want to have lunch. Oh, girls just want to have. That's all they really want. Some lunch. Don't ask them to dinner or breakfast or brunch, because girls, they want to have lunch. Oh, girls just want to have lunch.